Galactic Pursuit, Shadows of the Force, podcast for tabletop role-playing game enthusiasts and Star Wars fans alike. This show is about seven players in the Star Wars universe, split into two groups, one hunting the other down. In this story, we will see the bounty hunter party picking up on clues and tracking down the Force users who are fighting for survival in this Imperial-infested galaxy. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Judah Lag, and today I bring you Episode 1, Pranks in Prisons. In the last episode, we introduced the story, mechanics, and cast with a special bonus of narrated backstories of the characters. In today's episode, we will see how both groups get roped into the story, how they overcome their biggest hurdle, finding friends. Using the Force, Xamarin, the troubled Miraluka Sentinel, played by Cody, senses two other Force users, Hare Zudek, the friendly Nautilus Sentinel, played by Charles, and Reki the muscle mommy Balasaur guardian, played by Gabe, imprisoned on this desolate planet. They form an, a unique bond to plan an escape off the planet and find refuge in something called the Life Current Road. In the second half of the episode, we see an even more peculiar bond form between our party members in the Bounty Hunter group. Havoc, the short-tempered Tusken Raider Berserker, played by Gavin Wheeler, spent the night in the bar waiting for the meetup when three more faces appear in this bar. The average everyday looking human operator, Sal Voss, played by Chandler, and the quirky teenage scout Zabrak, Rub Rue, played by Isaac, along with a stranger with a steel mask, all saying they got a similar contract as Havoc. Will these bonds be tight enough to further the venture, or will they all crash and burn in their attempts? Tune in to find out. Welcome to Dice Clash Chronicles, a story of friends going at each other's throats. This is our podcast, Galactic Pursuit, Shadows of the Force. I'm here with Gabe, Cody, and Charles, our Force Users group. Everyone say hey. Hi. Hello, hello. Yep, and I'm your host, Judah Lag. I f- forgot to mention that. So this is our first actual episode. We'll be recording the events after the prologue, which by now, hopefully, you've already seen. If you haven't, go back and check it out. And we are going to record the events of how basically the bounty hunters got their contract like why did they get a contract well because these these three guys here escaped a basically a maximum security prison so we're gonna role play that and we're going to uh, roll some dice too to see if even all of them make it maybe one get let gets left behind or even dies we could have our first kill in the very first episode so let's see what happens yeah with gabe and his rolling it's probably not gonna go well yeah, true. <laughs> I, I don't have my lucky dice this time. Better late than never, right? So, you guys are on the planet Andorra, a mid-rim planet known for its dangerous habitats. It is awful. I mean, no wonder there's a prison on this planet because the atmosphere is acidic. It's covered entirely by swamps and mudlands. Very few locations on this planet are even tolerable, I guess I would say. The largest above water, I guess I would say, terrain is where the prison is. Uh, The Empire came and snatched it up and converted it into a maximum security prison for people like you guys. There are very dangerous creatures in the swamplands. Serpent-like creatures that slither in the deep waters and feral beasts in the 
the wooded area of the swamps and acidic rain. Whenever there's acid rain, you hear alarms go off to signal everyone to go inside. If you get left outside, you get burnt to a crisp. So we start this adventure in the Derecrete complex, the maximum security of the empire on Andorra. We are, we're in a bird's eye view right now looking over the complex and we notice a force field wall going all the way around the complex. Minimalistic, concrete-like, tall temple, basically. Smaller rectangular barracks in a courtyard. As we make our way through the buildings, we notice that this is a humongous complex on the inside. Rows and rows and rows of jail cells. And the middle area is the commons area where prisoners can eat and just do whatever they want. And then on the walls of this temple are... The jail cells reinforced by electroshock force fields that if touched or tampered with could kill somebody few people survive it these force fields so whenever you hear the zapping you know that someone just bit the dust right now it's about midday everyone's just got done eating their lunch and we see recky sherdock just kind of hanging out, getting ready for rec time so you guys can go outside and work out. When all of a sudden you hear the alarm go off, it's acid rain. So your day's kind of ruined. I mean, kind of hard to ruin your day when you're in prison, but you look out for working out. You look forward to it. And now you can't even do that. You'll just have to go to your jail cell and do push-ups or sit-ups. Gabe, what else is your character thinking? My character is thinking... Just ways to try to get out of here. Just trying to think about security, the guards. Is there any way to manipulate how to get out of those force fields or those electric fields? Are you strategizing or are you just thinking to yourself? Mostly thinking to myself, but... Okay, awesome. So now that you can't even go outside and work out, you're just sitting in a chair analyzing the guards and stuff. Charles, what is your character probably doing right now? Well, I'm still kind of reflecting, trying to figure out why everything's happening. Why are the Jedi in here? And essentially just thinking about my loss of my childhood friend who was murdered in front of me. A little taken back on that. Yeah, for those of you who are in the Clone Wars, this has been like 10 years since then. Uh, You guys have been in this prison for a long while. Well, either way, I'm still like, puzzled and is like been stuck in here don't know why we're in here truly but i just know that we're in here and we're being targeted i still have the uh, map or the usb that has all the younglings on it correct you just like slipped it underneath your tongue or you ate it and then regurgitated it what's in my journal my cell was there like any beds or anything i can possibly break off and make a sharp object out of it make an investigation check It'd be 11. Potentially, you could probably chip off the wall of your room and use it as a like a like a prison knife. But it would break after a couple of uses. Well, resorting to other plan, plan B, but we'll hold off on plan B at the moment. So that would be all that will be doing for now. All right. So then we adventure into the mind of Xamarin, Cody's character. What are you probably doing right now? Uh, you're fairly new to the prison, actually. You've been discovered recently by the Imperial Army uh, on the mud planet of Amimban. And you've just got transported to this planet due to your connections to the Force. Just kind of laying low for the moment and just keeping his 
is out for anything that could be exploited, I guess. Well, go ahead and make a lore check then. 13. I would say that you've been in this prison for a couple of weeks now. And because of your your strange vision, because of because you're a Myra Luca, uh, you see in colors of blue, red and gray. And they're all aspects of the force. You notice that there are two blue figures, one that's kind of like dark blue and one's kind of light blue in the prison. If you want to, you could go talk to them. This would definitely be some sort of exploitation, seeing that you have uh, a background in uh, the Jedi Academy. Whichever, I'll go to whichever the nearest one is. That would definitely be the one in the commons. So that would be in the one in like the, the center of the temple. Xamarin, you walk up to Reki, and what do you guys do? I kind of usher him to the side a little bit where... Like, no one can really overhear anything. You notice a human with a blindfold over their face walk up to you and then just kind of motion with their hands into, like, a general direction. I say, I would suspiciously follow this person. All right. So I'd, I'd say that you guys go to, like, a less populated area. I mean, because of your your force vision, basically, Cody, you can kind of analyze an area of the commons that wouldn't be... Uh, very populated. So you guys go into this area and you begin talking. What do you guys say? I mean, look over toward Reki. Were you a Jedi? Yes, in fact, I was. It was after my clones attacked us. They turned on us and I had to retreat. I went back to my home world and they found me there. Uh, I got captured on Minmon fighting off the Imperials with the locals. What would you say that we try to find a way out of here? Because if we stay here, we're probably not going to live long. I've been looking for a while. I've been trying to find ways that I can exploit or try to use the guards or make a distraction. So I've been trying for a while. As you guys say this, Charles, go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. 17. Close congregation of two force users like really sparks something in the force and you feel it. There are two force users in the prison. This is like the first time that you realize you kind of realize that there is some sort of force sensitive tampering with the the force stream, but you didn't really think anything of it because it could have been the artifacts or it could have been the atmosphere of the planet. But now, you know, for sure that there are two beings that are force sensitive in this building. So I'm still currently in my cell, correct? Yeah, just kind of searching for things to do, maybe about to enact plan B. Yeah. Unfortunately, we'll probably have to enact plan B because I need to secure, I I make sure the USB does not get found. With the clothing I have on, uh, I guess I'll tear a little bit off of it so I can wrap it around the USB. And then, unfortunately, I'll make sure there's no guards or anything that's coming through um, outside and I want to attempt to keister it. Okay, make a perception check. How about nine? Uh, I'd say that you just like do a quick peek like over your shoulder like okay then you start <laughs> I won't get explicit but yeah you keister the basically the shard the um, holocron shard. As you do that a guard does walk by and notices that you tore your clothing. Um, inmate what are you doing? Uh, nothing of the sort. Sorry. Make a deception check. Oh, God. Um, five. Yeah, I don't buy that. And he whistles, and two Imperial Stormtroopers walk up behind him. He goes, all right, inmate, hands on the wall. And he takes his uh, basically like electric baton, and he's going to start like hitting it around your body to make sure 
that you don't have anything underneath your armpits or hiding in your clothing. So after a few minutes of patting you down, he goes, well, if you're going to be like that, we're going to have to put you in a, a padlock. If you rip your clothing again, we're putting you in solitary confinement. Go get yourself some more clothes. And he points to like kind of the laundry area of the temple go towards get new clothes and see if um, the two force users I sensed earlier are in that direction. They actually are They're I wouldn't say they're super close, but they're in that general direction. They, it would just be like a, a right turn to get to them. Well, either way, I want to start walking on towards getting new laundry or new clothes to wear like they told me to. Gabe and Cody, while this is happening, what are you guys saying to each other? Or have you guys finished up your conversation? I will say we'd probably still be trying to talk in connive ways to try to get out of there. So, Cody, you do sense that Charles is walking towards you guys, almost directly to you guys. I tell Ricky that we got someone else who's possibly a Jedi heading this way. Interesting. We might need their help. You notice that they are turning their heads and looking directly at you as you're walking up towards them. So they've definitely noticed you as much as you've noticed them. Technically, I'm supposed to be going to my laundry. So I want to kind of keep my distance and I will attempt to use one of my at will force powers, force whisper to speak to one of them. Which one? The the one with kind of like ant, not antlers, uh, antennas or the ones or the one with a blindfold? I guess I'll choose um, the one with the antennas on. All right. So the muscle mommy with antennas. So what do you whisper to her? Saying I asked him, well, is the one next to you also a force user as well? I would be slightly confused, but I would also reply, uh, yes, they are. All right. Great. This is and and force whisper still is like, this is great. I've been wanting to try to make a plan escape and also figure out why we're still in here after all these years if i got the chance i would like to try to motion with my other person we need to follow him to the laundry yeah cody i think you definitely see this but (laughs) you also see that they're communicating with each other it's like obviously you can't hear what they're saying but because you kind of have some like an omnipotent awareness of what's going on because of your force vision. You can kind of tell that they're both talking to each other. So, yeah, you, you do see uh, you see Gabe motion for you to go to the kind of like a head nod, like a cool head nod. Like, hey, let's let's go over here over to the laundry room. OK, I head over there. So ironically, uh, it's empty. No one's washing their laundry this time of day. And there's a clean pile of prison clothes that you can grab Charles and change into. And I'll go ahead and start grabbing those clothes and start changing out. And I'll talk to uh, you all and say, Hey, I sensed that you're all two force users by chance. Are you having like any plans of trying to get out of here or what was your all's plan? Say, we're just speaking about that. We're trying to come up with a way to get out of here and say, do you know where the exits might be? I do not unfortunately as you guys are talking you get interrupted by a fellow inmate you cannot sense that he has the force in him uh he's just all gray however uh he walks up to you guys i know a smart and wise congregation when i see one revealed to you guys is an average height old man with a big red nose and an arborish tattoo which is basically uh the letter form of basic 
and basic is English in Star Wars. He has this arborist tattoo on the side of his head. It says guts ain't it. I overheard you guys talking earlier and I think you guys can help me out with something. A kind of give and take type deal. I would be suspicious about this, but I would ask him, what What do you mean by this? A secret society. And he, he, get, he lowers his voice dramatically. And he's like, I can't speak of it now. But supposedly there is a highway called the Life Current Road. And then he notices like guards are suspiciously looking at you guys kind of like squeezing their eyelids because everyone else knows that your force users accept the prisoners. Maybe they've heard rumors. Maybe you've used your force powers on them. But for the most part, they don't really know. But all the guards do. The guy looks at you guys and he says, I'm trying to get to the life current road. It is a safe haven for people like us. So if anybody wants to make an insight check, they can right now. I'll go ahead and make insight check while this is going on. Natural 20. He's lying about something, but you have no idea what that something is. I ask him what he means by us. Everyone knows the atmosphere is thick whenever you guys walk into a room. And as this is going on, I'm going to use Force Whisper again at will. After I tell Gabe, I want to tell the same thing to Cody's character that essentially we can't fully trust this guy, but it might be a way out of here. So we need to keep a close eye on him. I'll talk to more to you guys later. Meet me right before shower time uh, in the commons. No guards will be here. As he walks away, th- some guards actually come up to you guys and he goes, break it up, break it up. He goes, I know you thieves and scoundrels aren't up to no good. Well, um, I assume I'm finished putting on my new set of clothes on now. I guess I'll go ahead and start heading towards my cell like I'm supposed to. As I'm walking away, I use Force Whisper again to Gabe and Cody's character and say, all right, let's listen to him and go by the showers in the common area and see what he has to offer. All right. So you guys, uh, what do you guys do while you're, while you're passing time by? Uh, shower time isn't until way later in the day. Getting my body trained up. I'm going to start doing some push-ups in the cell. I'm going to start doing some pull-ups on that bed and just start getting my body ready for it. As you're doing that, you get a knock on the door frame of your cell. You notice a kind of bulky blue alien with kind of a, a flat nose, almost like a, I think a manatee. I think that's what they're called. I see you're kind of a exercise junkie. Yeah, that that's right. I am. Have you ever thought of uh, maybe upping your game? Basically getting them gains quicker. Are you trying to sell me what I think you are? It depends what you think I'm trying to sell. I've gotten all this naturally, but it might not be enough for what I need right now. I know that you don't have much to give, but maybe you can help me with something. You see that guy down there? And you see a humongous shark humanoid sitting at one of the tables eating some food. I need him to know that he's got something coming to him. Maybe rough him up a little bit or something like that. Here's a little down payment. And he shows you a a sci-fi needle with uh, some sort of white liquid in it. For my intensive purposes, how long does this usually take effect? I would suggest almost immediate because it's like sci-fi Star Wars stimulant. I'll look at it. 
and have a brief moment of consideration of maybe I shouldn't do this before I jab it into my arm. <laughs> he, you see him cross his arms and shaking his head. He's like, yep, I knew you'd be interested. I can tell you got gates and you got guts. On that note, he like leaves the cell. You've been ordered to uh, kind of rough up the shark guy down there in the commons area. You can do it whenever you want or you don't have to do it. It's completely up to you. But while this is happening, Cody and Charles, what are you guys doing? Um, I guess I'll be in the common area and see if there's any suspicious other activity that's going on around in the common area. Awesome. Make a perception check. Ten. I'd say like the only thing out of place would be yourself. Uh, nobody really congregates with you. Everyone, and it's the same for the other two Force users. It's not that they know that you guys are Force users, but they kind of suspect that something's different from you guys. The guards hassle you guys more, and and the way that you guys were put in the jail was much different than the way that everyone else was. They either think that you're really dangerous, or they think that you guys are, are special, and they don't like that. And if I'm currently eating, well, I would just eating as normal, then... No, I won't do anything else. All right, Cody, what about you? What are you doing? Uh, Xander would just be in his in his cell, just not trying to cause any attention to himself. I mean, you're already a blind guy who can dodge people when you walk up to them. So, and you don't even need like a you don't need a a tapping stick or a, or a dog. So you already cause a lot of attention to yourself. So you guys pass the time by doing whatever you need to do in your cell. Gabe, do you do you do that thing or are you just going to let it go? I was going to walk up to him really fastly, face shift, reach in, grab one of his tooths out of his mouth, yank it. <laughs> and then for extra attack, use the tooth to slash his eye. Go ahead and make a strength check to see if you even rip the tooth out. OK, so modified 20. Modified 20. Yeah, you <laughs> rip it out with ease. <laughs> What the heck? Oh my! What, what are you doing? And, uh, like blood is just spewing out of his face. Um, go ahead and make a, an attack roll now, and your damage modifier is going to be two. So you're not going to have to roll unless you want to flip a coin. All right. So that'll be with the modifiers a twelve. A twelve to attack. I think that's shark guy with no armor. Yeah, I think that's that's good enough. Yeah, so you deal two damage to him and slash his eye. What What the heck? This is so unprovoked. What the heck? And I walk away. <laughs> okay, as that happens, I'd say two guards walk up to you and they walk up to the shark guy and they ask the shark guy, what the heck happened? Why are you bleeding everywhere? And uh, the two guards ask you the same thing. What did you do? Already assuming that you were the one who did it. So in that case... Can I use my channel the force ability to cause harm to these guards? You're standing in front of two guards and you want to hurt them? I just want, I don't want to hurt them, hurt them, but I just want to make them feel like uncomfortable. I want to make them like collapse on their knees. Well, like, um, what's my DC then if I have to roll for cause harm? Let's see, 13. All right, I'll, I'll go ahead and roll. You roll damage. That was not great. It was a five. All right, so one of them saves. What's the effect of, is it if they save? Is it just half damage? Uh, yes. All right, so one of them takes five damage, and the other one will round down, takes two damage. I feel sick all of a sudden, and uh, the two guards who are talking to the shark have now turned on their electrifying batons, and they're getting ready to hit you in the back. Are you just going to tank it? Do I want to try to tank it for the intimidation factor? <laughs> Would I have to be in this area, or am I in my cell? I would say that you're in your cell, because that was the last place you were at. Let's see. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll cause enough damage for now. I'll, I'll try to just take it. All right, so they're going to just beat the crap out of you. <laughs> uh, you can make a constitution saving throw to see if you 
tank it or because you are going to get beat. That's that you can't you can't stop it unless you were to use the force or take action. Without using the force, just a constitution saving throw, it's a 14. Okay, so I'd say you still take damage, but you're going to tank it. I'd say you take like 15 damage All right. from shock and I think it's physical physical damage. Uh, and then they drag you back to your cell. You're in lockdown. Three hours, which is just about enough time before shower time. But you will miss dinner. So uh, they turn the red force field on and you see... Uh, uh, kind of some electricity kind of shoot through it every once in a while. Fast forward a couple hours. We are now at shower time or I guess five minutes away as the guy wanted you to. As you guys look down from your cells, you notice that he is waiting for you guys over by the laundry. I'll go ahead and walk on towards to him. So as you walk to him, you notice that strangely, the prison is fairly empty. Like all the prisoners are at shower time, which is normal. And most of the guards are there too. But there's not a ton of guards here in the commons area. Take that into consideration. But you guys make your way down to the laundry room. We only have a couple of minutes before guard notices. There are two ways we can escape. And I need your help. There's a land vehicle that transports the farmland in and out of the prison. We can escape there and make our way into the swamp, into a nearby village. The more dangerous way where one of us are pretty likely to get caught. We also have a shuttle that flies in and out from the pad, the landing pad, every day. They have gotten pretty relaxed recently. The only thing that we have to dodge is sometimes they do random checks on the cargo that goes on the shuttle with a scanner. There's no way of telling when they're going to pull it out. However, lazy officer who does the checks once every three months... If we can get him, which we will be, I think we have a chance of escaping. It's a slim chance, and I need your help with your amplified abilities. And since I was kind of suspicious about him before, can I do a perception check to see if he's lying about one way or the other? Make an insight check. 15. I would say he is really confident about both of these plans, and he's being very truthful about both. Still, with your previous insight check, you you feel something is off about one of these plans, either of the plans, I should say. But at the same time, he sounds very confident that you guys can escape. Which one do you guys recommend? You want to go for the the car option, the land vehicle option, or do you want to go for the ship? Well, and means of getting off the planet itself, we probably would go after the ship. But there's a chance of us getting shot down. Not shot down. You'd be noticed in the crates. Or that, too. Or if we happen to get away with the ship and we're trying to take off and it's like, hey, these are the prisoners and they shoot us down. We'll worry. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Does anyone have any piloting experience? Well, I kind of do. I have a plus four to it. My childhood friend was a better pilot, but he's dead. I asked this I asked this old man stranger that we were talking with, do you know how to fly? I have decent experience. I think I could get us off the planet. Why are you suggesting something malicious? I look at the other force users. Do we trust him? No, but this is our only shot. <laughs> yeah, we'll go along with it. And then as force whispers to Gabe's and Cody's character, 
We just have to make sure to keep a close eye on him. Make sure he doesn't do anything sketchy. So he sticks out his hand. He goes, by the way, my name's Jerry. Uh, and he's looking for a handshake from all of you guys. And I'll go ahead and shake his hand and say, all right, Jerry, we'll go with your plan. If we're going to the space shuttle route, what we'll have to do during wreck time when we're outside, we're going to have to sneak over to the warehouse. Someone's going to have to help me get to a window above the doors, the hangar doors, so I can open it for you guys just enough to, for you all to slip in and we can all sneak into a crate. Charles, if you want to, you can go ahead and locate objects and see if you can find all of your lightsabers. We'll do that. All right. So, Charles, if you cast locate object, you notice that the lightsabers and the other objects that you need to find are actually in the warehouse in a not a shipping container, but a storage container. So it'll it'll be kind of be like a I don't know, like a, a one and done. Everything's in the same place. Two birds with one stone, I guess I should say. Fast forward a couple of days. You guys are in the courtyard. Jerry walks up to you guys and he's like, all right, let's go. All the guards are preoccupied with something that Jerry started on the other side. There seems to be a huge fight, like a riot on the other side of the complex. You guys start kind of jogging over to the warehouse entrance. Jerry's like, okay. He's waiting for you like to either use the force or use your hands to throw him up to the window. I am a strong, independent woman. A hundred and some pounds over 15 feet might be a little push, though. So I'll just get a little extra nudge with my force push to get him to that window. Okay, go ahead and make a strength check, but the force push will get him a large portion of the way. Uh, let's go mod 20 again. Yeah, so you definitely get him up to the window and he he sneaks into the window and you hear a thud on the other side and then you see the doors open just a little bit. He motions for you guys to come inside. We'll follow. As you walk inside, you notice that he's injured his leg pretty bad. He's limping, but he's gotten the doors open. He's like, okay, grab whatever you need and then hop in these four shipping containers and you notice there's four shipping containers completely different from the rest these are like kind of metal shipping containers they look like they're supposed to be on coruscant or cor or corellia but all the other shipping containers are all made out of like wood i'm gonna cast uh, level one uh, healing on him roll hit points that would be 12 heal because my light attack modifier is a plus six. You notice that you heal him, but there's no change in his demeanor or stance. So uh, you guys go over to one of the uh, brown wooded boxes in the back and there's like a bunch of stuff in there. Uh, prisoners from all over the world, but it's mostly like artifacts. So like stuff that got stolen off of like uh, museums and stuff that just shouldn't be in a prison, including a Sith holocron in, in all of your lightsabers. Cody and Charles, I'd say you'd be able to take your lightsabers, but Gabe, you'd only be able to take your holocron because your lightsaber was not there. Upon seeing the holocron, I kind of tilt my head and just... Yeah, so Cody, as you're looking at it, you notice like this intense red aura fuming off of it. And I would sense this too, wouldn't I? Uh, make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, God. Um, 11. 11. Okay. So with an 11, uh, I don't think I think you sense that some manipulation of the force is in play right here. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily evil. Whereas Cody can obviously see the evil. You can't feel it. You can only feel like it's force sensitive. So can I physically see the object and tell it's a Sith um, artifact by chance? So your holocrons back when you were in the Jedi temple were blue and this is dark crimson red you guys all grab your things and then 
hop in the shipping containers. Some time passes by. Uh, do you talk to each other from box to box or do you just stay quiet until the shipment goes? I asked uh, Gabe and Cody's character where Jerry is. Is he in with one of you all or is he in a separate container? Uh, Jerry got his own separate container. There's four shipping containers going out today. You hear some footsteps around you. Cody, you can see these people. Some Imperial officers have walked in. And all right, uh, I guess it's time to ship these out. Uh, let me go ahead and check them. And you hear him pulling out a scanning device and he scans all of your boxes. It's, huh. Okay. You hear him scanning and you hear like, uh, uh-uh. well, okay. And then he goes to the next box, makes the same noise. Then he gets to Jerry's box. He goes, ding, like that. He goes, huh, okay. And then you hear two guards walk up to the box. Get out with your hands up. And you hear the box lid open of Jerry's said, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I was just messing around. I, I swear. And you hear, yeah, OK, scum. Good thing it's just us here today so that we can do this. And you hear blaster bolt fire outside of the box and you hear the body boom, boom, fall. And then can I see what's going on? <laughs> I assume I would. Make an insight check. All right, I got a mod 18. Okay, with an 18, you notice as clear as day that the life essence does not drain out of Jerry's body when he falls down. And you notice the two stormtroopers dragging a body that's supposed to be dead but is alive away into the security room which is connected to the warehouse and uh they close up the box and you guys get put on the shuttle on this imperial shuttle you feel the rough transport of exiting the extreme atmosphere of andorra then you feel the calmness of space as you guys adventure or i guess as you guys wait in patience waiting for the next destination you feel a sense of calmness Because this is the first time that you've actually felt a better connection to the Force than you have in the last 10 years or however many years that you've been in this prison. Because the atmosphere of Andorra actually concealed, perceived the Force outside of the planet. All that out of the way, you feel like a sense of calmness, like you're reconnected to the Force. You guys float in space in this ship to your next destination. Well, that concludes this episode. Thank you guys for coming. I guess we're going to have to see what happens next time. So thank you all for watching. Uh, Tune in to get the next episode. And hopefully the bounty hunters have a good time trying to find you guys. On a very familiar technology-driven metropolis planet, Coruscant, we see on the ground level a bar, T basically, a T-shaped road, and a clothing shop and a bus stop. There, here in the future, we will have our meeting place where a black landspeeder limousine will pick up some of our party members. We adventure into the bar. We see a tired Havoc asleep on the bar countertop. The bartender pretty much unlocking the doors and cleaning off everything and wakes up Gavin, prepares him some food and some meat that he mentioned previously a few hours pass by and we see sal walk in uh sal this is the middle of the day i'd say it's like 12 or 1 p.m the bar is pretty much empty besides a human bartender and um i don't know if you would know but a rough 
like a mix between a hobo and a Tuscan Raider. Uh, you see them uh, crouched over on the uh, on the bar. I go to the bartender and ask them if there are any specials for today. I size up whatever this Sal thing is. All right, so Gavin, go ahead and make me a perception check while I narrate Chandler. The bartender's sitting there scrubbing his cup, and you come up to him and ask him. He goes, well, uh, I haven't thought about it yet, but I'm, I'm thinking about doing a, a Coruscant mixer. Uh, classic, classic drink. Uh, I even invented it myself. And I was also thinking about doing a, uh, let me see, uh, blue milk Corellian honkadoodle. Before responding, I size the bartender up, trying to see if I can figure anything out about him. I rolled a 20, by the way. Uh, Chandler, go ahead and make a perception check while I narrate Gavin. This guy looks very average. Uh, well, after finally picking up your head off the bar and you looking at this guy, you notice a vi- fairly average brown-haired human. Normal Star Wars clothes. Looks like a normal Star Wars civilian. But with a Mod 20, you notice something more professional about him. Maybe he's an accountant for a large business or corporation on Coruscant. Maybe he's uh, involved in some sort of military. There's something very off about the way his demeanor uh, presents to you. I rolled a 16. So the bartender, he's a pretty hefty looking human kind of got a, a little bit of a beer gut going on and mutton chops and a bald head with he looks like he's got chef's clothes on he's got an apron on with smudges all over it he doesn't really look like much of a talker but he looks like he could throw down if something bad were to happen i look over and address the hobo creature and ask him hey pal how's your day going so far the crate dragon waits in the sands for its next victim. I hear that. I hear that. Is that like a metaphor or some kind of reference to our bloated political system? No, I'm just waiting for like my next job. <laughs> here, here. You just say that so casually. <laughs> <laughs> here, here. What's your next job? Don't know yet. Supposedly, I'm finding that out today. How about you? Hmm, something similar. What's your payout? My payout? Yeah. For completing the job. Well, you know, a few thousand credits, some more nightmares and guilt on my already burdened conscience. Who knows? Chandler, go ahead and roll me a deception check. 19. Uh, Gavin, roll me an insight check. Oh, I needed that. Natural 20. So... Because if I didn't get that, I would have not have made it. <laughs> for the most part is true. He is getting a contract. He, is, he does have a bounty. However, the way that he said just a few thousand credits didn't really roll off the tongue very well. It almost sounded like he was stuttering, like he might be lying. As well as you have a slight suspicion that he might have the same contract as you. I want to take the that and put it into the brain filing cabinet for later. Well, you know, that's the way of life. Doing jobs for a fistful of dollars at a time. Dollars? Not familiar with that term. Fistful of credits at a time. Forgot what series I'm in. Sorry. (laughs) No worries. While you guys are kind of bantering, you hear the screeching halt of a vehicle outside. Um, Here, I I think we're at the meeting place. Isaac, this is you. Your uh, uncle's ship just pulled out of 
deep space, flying through the atmosphere right down into the middle of the street, making a few land speeders uh, go off track and almost going off the road into the depths of Coruscant. He opens up the hangar doors and there's a platform that kind of uh, rolls out. And he's sitting there and he's like, all right, go, go, go. Get out of here. Dude, I don't even know where I'm supposed to be going, bro. Here, you stay here. It's a black limousine. Here, take the data pad. And he throws it at you uh, and it hits you in the chest. Okay. I pull it down and I look at it. Now, remember, who are you? You. No, no. What is your name? I'm going to be honest, bro. Garland Rue. Garland Rue. <laughs> Garland Rue. You are Garland Rue. I'm Rub Rue. If anyone asks you how I got the contract, tell them I got it like everyone else did, okay? Okay. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you, Unc. That sounded sketchy as bro. Do you want to roll insight? Yes, I would love to. Go ahead. Oh, I got a four. You know what, Unc? I take that back. That, that sounds pretty convincing to me. Yeah, he's he's definitely this is some regular uh, Garland Rue talk. Like this is some straight OG Garland Rue. You are here and you're hovering about three feet off the ground and you've and there's some aliens who are hopping out of their car cursing at Garland, getting him telling him to get out of the way before he causes another accident. Garland is not leaving until you hop off the ship. Make a perception check. Three. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. You hop off the ship and and the only thing you see is the bus stop where you're supposed to go, according to the data pad, uh, the clothing shop and the bar. Uh, these another alien walks like walks up to you and he goes, you guys are just a bunch of punks. Use a brack. Always think that you own everything. And he like pushes you out of the way. Garland kind of stares him down. He gets a little bit upset at the guy, but realizes he's got another mission. He goes, OK. Uh, I, I uh, love you, and I hope you stay safe. And the hangar door immediately closes before you get to respond, and the ship just jumps straight into hyperspace from the atmosphere. So with no regard to anything in the area. You know what? Those aliens might be right, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. I think he's going to kill somebody again. <laughs> if he hasn't already, like the way this dude flies. Well, you guys are the Brax, right? Um, Isaac, what you see before you is a ground level croissant with a couple of skyscrapers around you, one with a clothing shop and one with a bar and the bus stop behind you. What do you do? I want to go into the bar. So uh, you start walking into the bar. Chandler and Gavin, while you guys are talking, you notice uh, a somewhat strange individual. Not too strange for Coruscant, but strange for this time of day. You see kind of like a a rough-looking teenager with a B1 battle droid leg and a robotic eye walk in hey i'm 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 walking like a like a modern day thug though uh do a performance check wait is this is this like a no this is just general like that's how my guy walks oh okay 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 i was gonna say i thought you were trying to impress them no no the out of balance swagger no actually yeah i'm trying to impress because it's like i only walk like that when i'm trying to do a job okay then definitely make a performance check bro a six (laughs) isaac what the heck? Okay, yeah. I'm playing so, on plastic, man. So you go in there thinking that you're looking like a 90s gangster, but in fact, you're looking like a 60s gangster. Snapping your finger, doing a little musical walk in there. Uh, like, you look like... Sh- you look straight 
out of some sort of uh, 1960s Jersey gang. You got slick black hair and uh, a leather jacket. Now, this doesn't intimidate anyone in the bar. In fact, the bartender looks at you like you're crazy, but uh, prepares a cup for you to pour you a drink. Uh, I look at him like, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? The bartender goes, uh, who are you talking to? All of y'all. How are y'all doing? Like, but like, not like on an everyday, like, I'm fine, but like on a deep level. Like, are you guys okay? Well, I was going to say technically the upper levels of Coruscant are up, but... Isaac, make a persuasion check. Eight. The the bartender, he's like, are you on something? Should I call the Coruscant guard? No, 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 bro. Like, I'm just, I'm really nice. <laughs> like, I try to act like I'm hot stuff. Is that true? Is that is that a true uh, uh, rub uh character trait a little bit yeah because i'm i'm neutral so i'm like i'm like in and out okay i'll give that one to you go ahead and roll a persuasion check um three isaac are you rolling a six-sided die or are you rolling a 20-sided die (laughs) (laughs) 20-sided die bro 20 bro so the bartender after you say that he's like yeah and that's why you came into a bar in the middle of the day uh, just take a seat and I'll prepare you something. It's going to help you wake up. So you see him in the background kind of mixing up some orange and purple fluids. And he even takes a, a lighter torch and burns something on the crest of the drink. He puts it next to you and he says, this one's on the house. And he expects you to drink it. I'm going to sniff it first. Uh, you're going to sniff it for something specific or are you, are you just going to sniff it? No, nah, just to act like I'm a gangster. I'm going to sniff it like... I'm famous. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you sniff it uh, and then you drink. If you were hungover, you would have cured your hangover. But since you don't have a hangover, what's happening is you get inspiration that you can burn. So you have one point of inspiration that you can burn at any time. What does inspiration do? So you can you can add a eight sided die to any one of your checks, a skill check or a, an ability check. So if I say make a persuasion check, you can burn a point of inspiration to roll an eight-sided die on top of your 20-sided die, if that makes sense. Chandler, Isaac, and Gavin, what do you guys do in the meantime? I look at Sal uh, and I say this. Is it normal for the boy to sniff the drink? I think it depends. Was he dropped on his head as a kid or not? This one must have been tossed down the stairs. Forget the stairs. He must have tossed from the top level of Coruscant. Hey, are y'all talking hot? Are y'all talking hot, bro? So what are you here for, kid? Man, I'm looking for a meeting, bro. Seems we all are. Hey, bet. So I'm in the right spot? That remains to be seen. I don't see the gambling. Why are you looking for bets if you were looking for a meeting? What? I'm not looking for bets. I was I was looking for the meeting, bro. Before the barkeep uh, steps away, he was like, "Well, this is a uh, <laughs> uh, a weird group. I've never seen any anyone quite like you guys, but it's uh, quite refreshing." Boy, did you fall into the droid factory as a child? No, I actually got into a car accident and lost my leg. My condolences. While you guys are talking, you see a strange humanoid walk in, a trench coat. It's it's a mix between cyberpunk and, and Dracula. So it's a kind of sci-fi-esque cyber, sorry, a cyberpunk-esque trench coat with uh, asymmetry d- design, but symmetrical structure. And you see that it's got like a vampiric kind of like l- uh, lip around the neck. Then, the collar? 
Yeah, the collar. Then you also see a aluminum-like helmet with no facial features except two slits for eyes and a carving of an eye on his forehead that's been scraped out with an X. He then sits in the darkest corner of the bar. And I study the character who just entered. Do you want to try and learn something about him or are you just going to stare at him? Yes, I want to learn something about him. Okay, go ahead and make a uh, investigation or perception check. All right, so I had 17, but I have plus three investigations, so 20. Mod, I guess. Um, with a 20 investigation, you know something very odd about him. He... He sits in the bar as stiff as a dead body or a robot, not moving a muscle. You don't really see any kind of uh, life in him. You notice that he's just holding his hands on the table, looking down at his thumbs. And he's waiting on something, probably the same exact thing that you guys are waiting for. I keep one eye on the character and make sure that if I need to, I can quickly draw and put a blaster bolt between his eyes right on that X. Awesome stuff. So what else do you guys do while you're waiting on this limo? Who do y'all think that is? Seems like a hard-charging mother effer, though. Do I get like any kind of senses off of that guy over there? Make a wisdom check. What does a mod 5 get me? Nothing. You feel no type of aura coming from his direction. Only kind of like, the only presence that you kind of feel is that like, I would say death surrounds him. I'll keep my hand nearby my vibrant knife as I just kind of sit here. The first time that he moves is when you sit in his booth with him. He raises his head as to look at you. What do you want, kid? Uh, I, I got something to ask you, bro. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to word this right. Speak now. Uh, <laughs> are you here for a meeting with somebody? Uh, make a persuasion check. Ten. If there is a meeting and we are going to the same one, then you will find out if I'm a part of that meeting or not. But until then, you are just a stranger to me. And if you continue this nonsense talk, then you'll be a dead one in the alleyway with the other body. Oh, he knows about that. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and leave. So are you, are you going to go back to the bar or are you leaving the building? I'm going to go back to the bar. Dude seemed like a real jerk. <laughs> he said, uh, the, all he told me was, he said, if we go to the same meeting, then he's then we're going to the same place. And then if I didn't <laughs> off, he'd try and kill me. So I just left. I thought I heard something about a body. Yeah, apparently there's another one back in the alley. Is what he was saying, so... He's probably killed before. I'm guessing so. He's probably the reason why there's a body in the alley. As soon as you guys get done talking about him, he stands up and comes to the bar. He sits right next to Isaac. He looks at the bartender. Bartender. And the bartender turns around. Uh, yeah, uh, I see that you're empty-handed. Do you need a drink? No, but your wife will be calling you on the hollow net soon. I would go check it out. And then you see on his wrist, he's got a little wrist pad and starts beeping red. And he goes, uh, don't touch anything. And he walks into a, a back room behind the bar. I've heard you guys conversating. And it seems that we all have a similar goal. No matter what happens in this meeting, we are not friends. From one acquaintance to another, can I give you guys a story? Depends. What kind of story are we talking? It's a life story. One that you should take on. For the rest of your life. Creepy stranger in a bar offers me a story. I'm never one to turn it down. Have you ever heard of the Gorog? A creature of immense strength and power that was as tall as a Coruscant skyscraper. But the fuse, 
the size of an Imperial Mousedroid. Left undisturbed, the Gorog will only take what it needs to survive. But even if the slightest of disturbances hinders its course, the Goros will decimate the ecosystem of a planet, destroying everything in its wake. Take this story into consideration when making major life decisions. Who are the Gorogs being affected by my actions? I will give you some examples. For one, the Empire. Pretty self-explanatory. However, let me fill you in on a more immediate Gorog. Me. Do not disregard my warning for an eager attempt at intimidation. I have felled many enemies, and in terms regarding the story, many planets. Be weary of the of these actions and the story that I tell you. The meeting will commence soon. Do not walk too far. We will miss the limo. He stands up and leaves the bar. So either he's an assassin bounty hunter or some weird crazed cult member. So as you guys are talking about the bartender, he walks back from the back room. That was weird. Uh, that was my wife uh, calling to check on me at work. I think I'm going to call it a day. I'm going to close up the bar if you guys would please leave. All right, barkeep. And if I were you, lock your doors. As you walk outside, you notice that the guy is just gone. Uh, it only took a couple minutes and he's disappeared. You walk across the street to the clothing shop and you notice that it, a skyscraper, but at the bottom floor is this clothing shop and there's nice large windows uh, allowing you to see into the building. You walk into the building, you notice nice upper class noble uh, attire and you notice a Twi'lek who's very well-dressed. Her complexion is kind of teal. Oh, hello, darling. Welcome to the clothing shop. You here to buy or just look? Hello. Not your darling either. I'll look around, thanks. A little harsh there. Okay. Go ahead. So, yeah, you start uh, looking around. Is there something specific that you want to find? Or are you just browsing and uh, trying to make do? Just browsing. All right, Gavin and Isaac, what do you guys do? You're just sitting on the street right now. I will go to the bus stop. Sit down, and I will begin sharpening my blade. I'm going to go into the clothing store. The same Twilight lady introduces herself to you. Hello. Oh, a little rough. Do you need some new rags to spice up your life? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh... Let me take you into the back. You notice there's like uh, large mirrors that are in a uh, arc as to help you see what you look like from all angles. And she starts bringing out a bunch of clothes. There's like some straight up Star Wars pimp clothes. There's like nobles clothes that she brings out to you. Tribal clothes that she brings to you. Uh, what are you kind of into? The shoes. I want to like get some shoes. Oh, some shoes. Of course. So she goes around the corner and she brings out four sets of shoes. There's some straight up work boots that are really kicked out. There are some nobles boots and then there are a lot of, like, uh, noble slippers. Let me look at some boots. These are like the Tomberlands. Space Tims. These are, these are Tomberlands. Oh, dude, they got any solid black ones? You're sitting over there just kind of minding your own business. You see one of the staff members walk up to the Twilight that's talking to or trying to help you out. The staff member is just like a blonde humanoid female. Tries to relay a message to the Twilight. The Twi'lek then like walks up to you. Hmm, I heard that you have a thing for Twi'leks. 
who told you that? Your friend over there. And you notice uh, when you turn around, there's nobody in the building. Gavin, you're just sitting outside uh, sharpening your, your uh, knives. Are, are, are they sharp yet? Yeah, I'd say they're pretty sharp. Could they be sharper? Make a survival check. Mod 18. All right. So your main uh, Gradafi f- stick uh, now has a plus one damage. Isaac, uh, so this Twilight is now hitting on you, trying to get you to buy some shoes. What are you doing? I'm going to be honest. I'm zoning out. You're like more focused on the shoes than you are on the situation? Yes. I'm looking at these shoes and I want to know what the price. Excuse me, man. What's the price for these? Oh, the price. Uh, Don't worry about the price. We'll ring you up when you choose what shoes that you want. But I think they're fairly in your area. Do you got any like less good looking shoes or these boots like some cheaper ones these look like top brand ones i like them though but you want some top shelf ones yes of course no 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 no. i don't want no top shelf i want like lower shelf ones oh you want some cheaper bottom shelf sure and she goes in the back and she finds some just regular old boots these are like some stuff that you'd find uh, at the at the thrift store or at or at some sort of like backwoods market. Gavin, uh, as you are sharpening your blades, you notice uh, Sal is walking up to your character next to you on the bus stop. You seem to really like knives, friend. They're the best thing for my prey of choice. And what prey would that be? The Jedi. Jedi always fighting wars and destroying the galaxy with their nonsense. You've ever been to the ruins of the temple during your stay here? Yeah, I had to see it. Kind of like a pilgrimage, you know? Rummaged around, read some things. Gavin, make an insight check. What does a mod 16 get me? Also make a lore check. Flat roll 18. Let's go. Okay, so you notice two things. One, you've spent some time on Coruscant, and you know that nobody is allowed inside the the ruins of the temple so you're allowed to walk around it but you're not allowed to go inside of it so that that part that he mentioned is weird secondly the way that he phrases it is so weird it's very off like why would anybody talk about this you know so you notice that there's something strange in the way that he's uh narrating his backstory i I was meaning like i broke in there to read uh, to try to find some information on how they sword fought to fight against them a bit better since I had a lot of time to kill because I'm kind of a destitute man on this planet at this point. Sure. I'd say that you were able to sneak in in your backstory. However, I don't think you would have gotten far. Most of the data has been pillaged. Yeah, it's just like the most basic of lightsaber combat, not like anything grandiose, just kind of like the milk toast kind of stuff. As you say that, uh, the a elongated land speeder that is jet black comes up and it does the honk that you guys are supposed to hear. Isaac, as you are purchasing some boots, she rings it up and there are 150 credits. As she says that, uh, you see the limousine and you hear it honking outside the window. I go, oh! Listen, it was nice coming and visiting with you, even though I didn't really like talking to you. But I gotta bounce. I'll, I'll catch you later. And I, and wait, 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 are you, are you gonna pay? Are you gonna pay? Nah. No, I was but, just browsing. I like to mess with people, though. Oh, all that time? Yeah, yeah. And she, she rummages for something underneath the desk, and she takes a camera-looking object and, and snaps a picture of you, and then she puts your picture on a 
not allowed list on the wall. You are banned from this location. Goodbye and good day. I say bet this place sucked. <laughs> and you just leave? Yeah, I just leave. I walk out and I walk over to the limousine. But I'm doing my gangster walk. I'm rolling for that again. All right, make a performance check. Ugh! 12. It's getting a little bit better. <laughs> You're chipping away, getting higher and higher. So I'd say that your gangster walk is much more modern this time, but you still don't have it down to a science. It still looks a little wonky. Oh, look. He looks like he's sobering up. As you guys are talking, you notice the stranger walking down the street and walking up to the limousine. The limousine opens, uh, and you notice two rows of seat facing each other and a window behind one of the rows of seats. You guys all hop in. You guys all pile in to the uh, limousine. Uh, You all take your respective seats. The stranger makes it pretty obvious that he doesn't want anyone sitting by him. So he kind of puts his hand on the seat next to him so that no one sits by him. These are like booth type seats. Uh, They're not uh, separated car seats. So he's kind of putting his hand in the area uh, that he doesn't want anyone to sit in. You guys all take your place inside the limousine and you notice the window behind one of the booths rolls down and you see two figures. One is a driver and you notice he's got a tattoo on the side of his head that say guts ain't it. And in a swivel seat, Next to him, basically a passenger seat that rotates 360 degrees, is a Imperial officer. Hello. It's finally nice to meet. Oh, wait. There's supposed to be five of you. Where's the fifth one? Oh, that's right. He's supposed to be getting picked up by the droid. He's going to be late. Hope that they get here in time, but I'll go ahead and give you guys the rundown. My name is Moff Damon. Now, I'm pretty sure you've never heard my name before. And that's because I govern a sector in the mid-realm that is designated the prison sector. I make sure that no rebel scum, pirates and bounty hunters, and Jedi don't escape my clutches. I've had an incident and I want to keep my reputation well. With the Emperor. I know you guys feel the same way. Garland. I know you feel the same way as well. That's why you've been asked to come here. Due to your criminal record. We've asked you to put in a favor for us. So. Thank you for joining us. We would have had to hunt you down. And kill the rest of your family if you didn't. A million credits per bounty completed. Is tough. This is a top secret bounty that you guys will be rewarded very very well including your guild ranks as well i know that you are looking towards uh increasing your guild rank as well as including the exceptional payment and he's pointing at you gavin i like look behind me realize he's talking about me i'm like oh yes sorry i go by many names now we have Profiles on all of you, so don't think about running away. If you were to, for some reason or another, end up taking the down payment, and I do mean that, there is a down payment, and running away, we will go to extreme measures in either finding you or making you pay for the rest of your life. Now, that's not to intimidate you, because I think we'll all be great friends. 
isn't that right? And he's looking at the driver and he, he looks over to him and you notice that he he's he looks like a, an older man with a big kind of scuffed up red nose. It's like, mm-hmm, yeah, this is the officer that was there during the uh, prison break. Now, uh, I don't think you guys have been filled in on any information, have you? Which prison break? Seems like the Empire can't keep track of him. He smirks at you. Huh. Wouldn't you know? I would keep that mouth shut before something happens to you. This is a listening conference. The prison break happened on Andorra. Very harsh swampland with chemical acid rain. The atmosphere is used to help tame the Jedi and also advanced beings on that planet. Somehow, they slipped from our clutches. We were able to kill one of the escapees. However, we were not able to get any information out before he perished. So we have no idea how they escaped the planet. So here's your down payment. And he, through the window, he passes a chip, each having 20,000 credits on it. This is for any equipment that you might need. You're telling me that the Empire captured Jedi, some of the most dangerous warriors in the history of the galaxy, and lost them. They're giving us a blessing. Now we can end them with our own hands. <laughs> the whereabouts of the Jedi are currently unknown. We were hoping that you guys would go equipped for the situation with the down payment that we gave you, then head straight to Andorra and begin an investigation. Hopefully by then we'll have more information. Uh, the warden would like to speak to all of you. Before that, Moth. I have a question for you. You're hiring mercenaries, bounty hunters, not sending the Imperial military. Does the rest of the Empire know? I would bite your tongue, Sal, before you say something that could very well hurt your reputation. This will be kept under wraps. If even the janitor on a Star Destroyer finds out that you guys are assisting us in this investigation then I will exterminate all of you off the face of this galaxy. Do you understand me? Here's some dossiers on the three Jedi that escaped. Some of them have very exceptional powers, and some of them are somewhat new. They were Padawans or just beginning Jedi Knights during the Clone Wars when the Empire successfully took over the reins. Indulge yourselves in these documents. These may be the only documents that the Empire will be willing to give. And as you guys are looking at the dossiers, you know that there's a lot of blackout marks on the data pads. A lot of classified information, but they're giving you some, at least enough to work with. I also expect to see you guys on Andorra in two standard days. I may not be there, but my fellow officer here will. Right now, where I'm taking you is we've also funded a ship for you guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this endeavor and we'll be pleased to see you on the other side when you have the Jedi in your hands. Now remember, we want them alive. They have information that we need so that we may hunt more of their kind down. The Jedi Har Zudek. He has information very valuable to the Empire. And if that information were to slip out of our fingers, I don't know if the Emperor would even let me take a second breath after. We were able to secure the information, then could we kill him? If you could bring evidence of the information he guarded, and evidence of a confirmed kill, I will dock your payment in half, 
But yes, you will have successfully completed the bounty. I can still have his head. <laughs> there are three Jedi, each worth a million credits. If the, you bring him in dead, that is 500,000 each. And if you bring the information that the Jedi Harzudek has, then that's a bonus million credits. This is divided between the five of you, or four, if the other one doesn't show up. Disperse it as you must. And you guys are now at like the huge landing area. This is like the airport of Coruscant. And you notice a really awesome modern day looking ship. The ship is called the Cantuni. Uh, it's a ZH-40 Tribune class light freighter. So I will uh, send that to you guys. And for those of you listening, I will send that in our Patreon if you guys would like to check that out. Um, so this is a ZH-40 ship, a light freighter. So now that the limousine is at a stop and you guys are at the airport, the moth actually hops out of the passenger seat as you guys are exiting uh, the back end of the limousine. He rips off a device that was planted on the limousine, and he comes up to you, Sal. Be very careful, Sal. You know that this is important to us. And he drops the device in your hands and walks back into the limousine, and the limousine takes off. Curious, man. Creepier than hell, always. Alrighty, so I think that's going to be it for today. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. We hope that you guys enjoyed. Quick shout out for uh, those who have been supporting us on Patreon. Let me go ahead and pull up that list real quick. We love you guys and we thank you for supporting us. And this is a special thanks to Barry Lag, Nerly Lag, Noah Lag, Gavin Magoo, Cade Sims, Avery Brown, Michelangelo Montez, John J. Uh, Gugino, I think, Mono Chaos, and Kieran Pritchard. We thank all of you for joining us for today's podcast, and we hope that you guys continue to support us on Kickstarter and Patreon. If you're listening and you have no idea what I'm talking about, go ahead and go on to Kickstarter Patreon, type in Dice Clash Chronicles, and you'll find our platforms there. Go ahead and support us. We have three tiers on Kickstarter that will close on October 1st. If we don't meet our goal, then We'll go ahead and make a new one. But on Patreon, we have one tier and you can get early access to shows like this and also backstage content. So if you guys are enjoying what we're doing here, then go and check that out. We thank you all for joining us today and may the force be with you. Bye bye.